0: Hey friends, welcome to the Empowered to Live Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Rhiannon Stahl, a Christian life coach, writer, wife, and mother of four. I help empower women to transform their lives one thought at a time. In each episode, I'm going to provide inspiration that empowers you to transform your spirit, soul, and body by breaking through limiting beliefs and live the life you were designed to. You definitely can do more than you know, but you will rarely do more than you think. Welcome back friends today is episode 11 of the podcast as always I'm your host Rhiannon and today I want to dive into the idea of love love is bigger and better than we think and it is a huge topic and to think that I could even cover it in a single podcast seems ridiculous the height and depth and breadth of God's love for us is more than we can imagine but it is definitely something that we should get to know more and important to dive into. Unfortunately, I think we as Americans, and probably other nations too, have watered down love so much that we don't feel the weight of what it is meant to be. We love coffee and ice cream. We love our pets and our friends, our spouse and our children. We love sunshine and flowers and mountains, our favorite book. We love our car, our clothes, our homes. Surely these all can't be the same kind of love, but we use the word synonymously. Even in the Bible, which is the clearest revelation of love, they use three different words for uh, the different types of love but our english translation have all used the single word love sometimes it's helpful to look at what something isn't in order to clear away the clutter and find a path to see what is so love isn't a feeling this one may be a shocker for some and downright offensive to others when we associate the way we feel with love we're giving ourselves permission to quit We will quit doing the hard work of intimacy with our spouse when it's not meeting our expectations of feeling happy anymore. We will ditch the charitable deeds when it starts to feel like work, and we'll cave on the goals and growth when we don't love it anymore. We want the next, newer, more expensive version of the things that we, quote, loved because we feel bored with them, or someone else has something different that I love more. It's okay to want something different in life except for your spouse. (laughs) But to call that desire love might lead us off track. I am by no means saying that my exposition on love is the end all be all, but I am a verbal processor and you get to help me uncover the deeper meaning. Sadly for many, including myself, I have believed I was loving someone well by giving into them when they really needed me to stand up for the greater good in their lives. Many will call it tough love, but I believe the real definition is just love. When I buy my kids a treat, they will say things like, thanks for loving me, mom. And I joke that maybe it means I don't really love them that well if I'm giving them junk. Of course, it's okay to have treats, but I'm not sure it's a great definition of love. Love is serving when no one sees. It is keeping quiet when you want to talk back. It's forgiving even when that person hasn't said they were sorry. It's showing up day after day and doing what is best for someone else whether that's your spouse, your children, or commitment to your job or ministry. Love is large and never stingy like I want to be. I usually want to, say, to save myself for uh, being able to express it in a different way. I want to treasure those moments so that I feel like I can stretch them out farther, but really I'm just being stingy and wanting to hold back, feeling like there's not enough if I give it away. And that's the opposite of the kingdom principles that God has given us. The more that we give, the more that we receive when we withhold, We're not only not blessing somebody else, but we're withholding the blessing of it in our own lives as well. I am convinced that almost no one actually gets married for love, myself included, which is so hard to think. Most people get married because their significant other makes them feel a certain way. This is why that honeymoon phase only lasts about six months to two years. We're living on a feeling. And unless we allow the Holy Spirit to infuse us with true love, We will pout and be miserable until we do, or leave and chase after that feeling again. Does anybody know any serial daters out there? To say that what we feel is invalid isn't accurate either. God has emotions and we're created in his image, so we have feelings too, but it's only an indicator and not the foundation of what we are sensing. It is a great, excuse me, it is great to feel happy and enjoy our lives and be attracted to the characteristics looks of somebody else. But to make that the goal is going to be a deep dive into lust, greed, and self-absorption. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about love. First and foremost, God is love. He is the primary example and highest definition of it. In John 3.16, which most of us can probably quote, we start to see that the all-encompassing gravity of love is so much greater than what we define it as. For God so loved the world that he gave and what did he give he gave us jesus his one and only and very best it was a self-sacrificing love in first john three sixteen through 19 we see a deeper glimpse of what love is it says this is how we have discovered god's excuse me love's reality jesus sacrificed his life for us because of this great love we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to get him help, but doesn't show any pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? That's a tall order. Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory that we only talk about, but it has to be a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love in action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence, in God's presence. So love is sacrifice and giving. But before we get too overwhelmed and depressed with what giving love looks like, let's look at all that God has given us and the way that he demonstrates his love towards us. Romans chapter 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and it's just rich. So many verses. So many verses are good. I highly recommend that you read through it, meditate on it, and let it sink into your soul. But today I want to highlight four or five key verses. We'll start in verse five and go on to verse six. It says, for when the time was right, the anointed one, who is Jesus, came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly, God's demonstration of love for us provided what we desperately needed and deeply wanted before we even were able to articulate it. And at the end of the same chapter of Romans, there is the most beautiful expression of God's powerful love for us. Let these verses sink into verse 35 and 38 and 39, excuse me. So 35 says, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us, troubles pressures problems are all unable to come between us and heaven's love what about persecutions or deprivations or danger and death threats no for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love so now i live with this confidence there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from god's love i'm convinced that his love will triumph over death life's troubles fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens there is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Those are so powerful. If you don't feel filled up and empowered to live the best life because God loves you so desperately, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Reread them, meditate on them. God's love for you is unbound and unbroken. It's with you today. It's ahead of you tomorrow. He will never leave you or forsake you. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. There is nothing too great that he can't cover it, and there is nothing that's too big that he can't provide the means for you to overcome it. So what is man's highest need? It is love. Some would say it's hope or faith, and First Corinthians, the love chapter, says that these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. It was for love that God chose us and sent Jesus, not our goodness. We have nothing to offer God that he doesn't have, but yielding to his love and reciprocating it and emulating it glorifies him and invites us to participate in it. Jesus told his disciples that the world would know that they are his by their love. This word for love is phileo, like the name of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It means brotherly love. So by their love, by their phileo, and unity and oneness, people would know that we are gods. Although unity is key, it would be impossible to be unified with someone or a group of people without choosing love first. That's why love is primary and most important. Human love will let us down because as much as we say we love another deeply, we are selfish by nature and don't love sacrificially as God does. So unless we are yielded to God's way of living and giving, we cannot love the way that God does. God's love cannot disappoint us because it is perfect. In 1 John four eighteen, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So when we understand God's true love for us, we will not be afraid anymore because we realize that fear comes from the enemy. Fear is a spirit. We've talked about that before in a prior episode. And fear cannot come from God. So anytime we're feeling fear, we need to turn our back on that feeling and head straight back to what God's truth is, that he loves us and he will not leave us. I love personalizing First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. It helps us have a deeper understanding of God's great love for us. So by inserting Father God where the word love is in the verses, or just God or Father in the um, verses where love is, we see what kind of father God is. So I'm going to read those to you. God is large and incredibly patient. God is gentle and consistently kind to all. He refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone. He does not brag about his own achievements nor inflate his own importance. Love or God does not traffic in shame and disrespect. He will never heap shame and disrespect on us. That is the enemy's game he will not selfishly seek his own honor. God is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. God joyfully celebrates honesty and he finds no delight in what is wrong. God is a safe place of shelter for he never stops believing the best for others. God never takes failure as defeat for he never gives up. God never stops loving. I just love that. It just gives such a rich picture of who God is and what he thinks of us and the ways that he moves in our lives or behaves towards us. I think a lot of times we feel like God is a withholding or angry or just waiting to punish us type of God. And that is not the God of the Bible. That is not a God who would give his very best to sacrifice on our behalf when we had no hope on our own, when we weren't even asking for his help, he chose to step in and love us well. To live this kind of love In um, in respect to other people is a very tall order but praise god that's why he gave us the holy spirit so that we can grow in this grace if i say i'm a follower of jesus but i continue to make myself and my feelings my number one priority i am not loving others well i believe the world's preferences have infiltrated the church and we need to change that by making loving and serving others a priority again most of the time, this means the way that we think about others and speak to them needs to be realigned with truth. Prioritizing others doesn't mean neglecting yourself. We are called to be good stewards of what God has given us, which includes our health, our time, and our talents. So we cannot properly order our lives and neglect others' needs. When we value what God values, that's when we thrive. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, instead, desire first and foremost, God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And righteousness is just a big word for saying being in right standing, in right relationship with God. And then all of these other things will be given to you as well. So when we prioritize loving God with our whole heart and soul and mind and strength and loving others, then God will pour out back on us the love that we need, the provision that we need. So when we choose love, we place ourselves in the kingdom of God, and then we'll receive the blessings of walking in kingdom ways. God will provide for us in ways that we don't even see as we make loving Him and serving others our first concern. The love of God and the fear of the Lord, as I spoke of in episode 10 on wisdom here on the podcast, is an honor, an awe, a reverence, and humility before God. This keeps us on the narrow path to him. The fear of the Lord will keep us from lawlessness, which gives license to sin, and knowing the love of God, which will keep will keep us from religious legalism, which prevents us from seeing and experiencing his ways. We need both. Otherwise, we'll end up in a ditch on one side or the other. We'll either have license to sin or we'll be living under the law. And the word says the law kills, but the spirit gives life. So as I endeavor to understand the love of God and then emulate it in this world, I know I have to wholeheartedly and daily rely on the Holy Spirit to grow this fruit in me. I have a challenge for myself, and maybe you can do it with me. I want to read over 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the verses I read earlier. Read them in whatever translation speaks to you, but let's take one characteristic of love each day and meditate on it and see how we can better implement it in our daily lives. There are 16 qualities of love mentioned in these four verses, so for the next 16 days, let's focus on loving well major change doesn't happen because we take these huge leaps and then gain momentum for there from there it it happens excuse me i'm stumbling over my words by taking small steps daily in the same direction and so the small steps of reading four verses and trying to implement implement one character of god each day is going to make a huge lasting change in our lives So, for this challenge, I will be using the New Living Translation of the Bible because it clearly delineates the characteristics. And I'll read them in order for you now so they can stir up and give you the idea of what types of things we're thinking about, what love is. Love is patient. That's number one, which is waiting with a good attitude. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and love keeps no record of being wronged, means it is not easily offended. Love does not rejoice about injustice, but love rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful. Love endures all things, and love never fails. I encourage you to read these verses in different translations as you go through it, because then it gives you a better understanding of all the qualities of love. There's just a rich variety of words and brings some deeper meaning to and will connect us to this chapter more easily. So each day as you meditate on the qualities of God as expressed through his love, let's pray for these to be expressed through us as well. When we come to a day that feels particularly hard to swallow, let's be quick to repent. And repentance, again, just means to turn around and turn our thoughts back to the right way of being the way that God thinks. Ask God to forgive us for not walking in love. If a particular person comes to mind when you're going through this exercise, then you can pray right there and forgive them. Ask God to bless them. And if there is still a relationship and a safe place for you to talk with them, then share what God is showing you. Maybe you need to ask them for forgiveness for a past offense as well. Ask Holy Spirit to help you. That's why Jesus gave them to us to walk in love. Ask Holy Spirit to help us walk in love in the specific quality that day. I recommend doing this at the beginning of your day and watch as God shows up and displays his love for you and through you over the course of your day. So let's not grow weary in doing the good hard work of loving well. In the end, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It says in Galatians 6, 9. So go out and live loved. You deserve it. And I'm rooting for you, friend. If any part of today's message encouraged you, I ask that you share it with a friend and remember to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. I would love your comments and to hear what impacted you the most. You can connect with me through Instagram and Facebook at Whole Self Life Coach or on the web at rianneinstall.com or thewholeselflifecoach.com.